Good morning. How about this live from the MCG? The uh, first session is underway. It's about 11, 10 past 11 in the morning. Uh, we've been watching for about 40 minutes. Uh, nice crowd in today here at the MCG. I am, of course, sitting up in the back row of the MCG. Great Southern Stand between uh, 19 and 20, Q19 and 20, seat 10, the broadcasting seat. Um, I have a cracking view of the field. Uh, you'd have to say that Australia are in control at the moment. Um, a nice cracking sound there. Steve Smith is uh, wandering around the mid-80s. Uh, scoring hasn't been a, at a big rate uh, this morning, uh, but uh, it has been great. We've had a good catch-up. Uh, talked about uh, our various Christmases. Uh, I have not had uh, any alcohol or substances yet. Um, that will happen after this record. Uh, I hope your Christmas was a good Christmas, uh, everyone, um, who is listening to this. Uh, however you celebrate it, I hope it was a nice one for you. Uh, mine was. Lots of time with the families. Um, no dramas. And uh, it was just super pleasant. Got a, uh, got a game for my PlayStation for Christmas. I uh, got a game of Mortal Kombat number 11. Do you like Mortal Kombat? I mean, it's ultraviolet and, and quite horrible, but I love it. I've loved it all the way through the series. I, I, could, I could tell you the story. It's a big family soap opera, really. Um, you know, Jax has a daughter now. Uh, so there's two different Sub-Zeros. Um, it's generations of stories. Um, well, look, hit me up on my other podcast, Mortal Kombat uh, and Me. Uh, <laughs> that's a new podcast for the new year. Um, and uh, and I'll let you know how I'm going, uh, climbing those trees and, uh, and disemboweling people. Um, it is fun. Well, for me. Not for anyone else in the room, but for me. And that's what, that's what video gaming is all about, really. Clearing the room of your family so you can play hyper-violent games. Um, I haven't said that, though. Uh, me and my family, and you've probably discovered this as well. Me and my family, my family and I discovered Untitled Goose Game over the last uh, uh, little bit, just before Christmas. Uh, it is on Xbox, on the Game Pass, and I think it's on a whole bunch of different things. You can play it on your phone. Um, I highly recommend it. It was developed here in Victoria, um, and it is called Untitled Goose Game, and you play a goose, and you uh, just run around being a cheeky goose. <laughs> and it is... It is really, really charming. The music sounds like you're uh, in an episode of um, Play School. Uh, it is just the best. So kudos to uh, House House, I think, are the developers of it, but that was developed here in Victoria. So go figure, eh? Um, well, nothing, nothing is happening here in the cricket. Absolutely nothing. It is a slow day. The weather, I'll tell you what, Carl was obsessed with the weather leading up to this. It would text us at least two times a day. Any <laughs> time the uh, prediction changed, he uh, would text us to let us know. Now, of the three of us, I'm the only one wearing jeans, and I, I have to say I'm not even regretting that decision. There's a nice cool breeze here at the MCG today, and uh, I am I'm real happy with that uh, with my choice. I've got a T-shirt on, uh, a hat, of course, for my bald head, uh, although I'm not wearing that right now because I have headphones on so I can listen to this beautiful podcast. Um, 
Let me see. I'm just going. I'm the first one recording, and I'm trying to get the levels right for the boys as well. So I just want them to pick up the volume a little like that. Sorry, if we're doing tech on the run here, um, trying to get it so they don't distort this uh, bad boy too much, um, and we have levels problems like we did last time. Uh, getting and some visitors along here now. Let's out. Just walking by, trying to find a good seat. Wondering what this crazy... Oh, who's that? Steve Smith's just been struck on the arm. It was a nasty ball. He seems unfazed. Everything's all right, peeps. No one on the ground. Uh, here's the slow-motion replay. Ball comes in. Very short-pitched. It's come up. Oh, he just didn't know it got him in the armpit, I think. Very lucky not to drop onto the stumps there. Very lucky. Um, I'm sorry if I've distorted you at this point. Uh, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to keep that consistent as well. Uh, look, we might have some special guests later on. Who knows who's going to drop in? Uh, oh, I should tell you that um, the reason why uh, I'm change the bowling. Bolt is on for New Zealand. Uh, yeah, look, uh, yesterday I went to find my mobile recorder, the one we recorded on last year, um, one of those little handheld snazzy MP3 recorders that records directly onto a card, uh, and uh, couldn't find it anywhere. Looked for hours around my house, don't know where it's gone. It's been put somewhere safe, um, we're sure. Uh, my wife and I looked for hours yesterday, can not find it. So, uh, I have a uh, USB mic, which I've plugged into the bottom of my phone, uh, and I am recording this uh, into my phone via a USB mic. Um, so uh, hopefully the quality is all right uh, as you listen back to this. Uh, apologies if it's not. Again, my fault. Everything's my fault recently. And uh, I'm taking, I'm wearing it, I'm wearing it like a, a crown of thorns, really. Uh, all these tech things. It's, it's weighing heavy on my heart. I thought it was better than this. And, uh, but, you know, I, I, I conjured a workaround. So you are getting broadcast live from the cricket which is just fine um, okay so that's uh, the uh, the recording drama over and done with it do look cool though it is a very uh, swanky microphone um, it's a little steel uh, a little steel thing it looks like a, a, an old ye oldie microphone uh, it's a Samsung one um, but you don't care Oh, there's runs, finally, going to the boundary. Who hit that? Steve Smith. Four runs. Let's hit that off to square leg. Split the field. No chance of getting that one. Beautiful. Beautiful stroke play there. Uh, Steve Smith is heading up to 100 now. Um, so if we're lucky, we may get his century ball, as we got all the way from the Ashes in England, uh, we may get his century ball. Oh, that was Head. That was Travis Head. Not Steve Smith at all. Head's on uh, 35 runs off 86 balls. Uh, and uh, he's still on strike. Just a little single there. Tripled it down. Now Steve Smith's on strike. You know, there are big numbers on the back of their uh, uh, jerseys now. But we're so far up and I'm so blind that it makes zero difference to me. It's still just a bunch of people dressed in white. Um, so thanks for trying, but make the numbers bigger. Um, or 
How about this? Uh, make each player wear a gigantic banner that they have to wear, kind of like a backpack, um, with their name in a uh, like a rainbow over their head. Uh, two bits of wire, one off each shoulder, going at it, say, 45-degree angle. And between those bits of wire uh, is the player's name and number. Very big and bold for people like me uh, up in the, the stands. I don't think that's too much to ask. Uh, in fact, I'm going to go and request it right now, and uh, hopefully by the end of the day, we'll have some of that uh, some of that new banner action for you. Um, I'm, I'm sure it'll actually look great on TV, and I mean, honestly, it's a place that you can put more advertising, so why wouldn't you be for it? Uh, MasterCard, get behind it. Domain, get behind it. Qantas, get behind it. Toyota, get behind it. Bet365, get behind it. I mean, come on. It's uh, These are the things that are on the hoarding. You could have it on the field. A banner from shoulder to shoulder, rainbowing above each of the players' heads. That's what I'm going to give you right now. Uh, I'm going to uh, listen back to this and hope it was okay. And um, and uh, then I'm sure the boys will take their turn podcasting too. Uh, uh, I will be back a couple more times over the course of the day. Um, I will be more uh, inebriated, uh, I'm sure, the next time I speak to you. In fact, I'm going to take this recording back down and uh, I'm going to go and get a beer. So I definitely will be more inebriated the next time I see you. Um, thank you for tuning in and uh, I'll talk to you again a little bit later today. Cracking shot. Howdy business. I'm here at the cricket. CMCG, it's day two. I'm in my happy place. Uh, apologies if the sound quality is to be found wanting. Uh, I never claim to be a great audio engineer and I never will claim that, unless it's for some sort of high-class tomfoolery, in which case I make no apologies. Uh, there are no rules where high-class tomfoolery is involved. Um, but here I am at the cricket, and guess what? It's time for a cricket update. That's right. I played another game of cricket, my second game of the season, game two. I turned up the ground after my, look, if you remember last cricket update, uh, I scored 12 half-foot runs uh, and I went out with a stupid shot, uh, but I looked good while I was batting. But again, I did go out playing a rather rash and unnecessary shot. Uh, and as a result, the captain had decided I was informed when I arrived at the ground and we'd been sent into bat that I had been dropped down the order to number seven. I made 12 runs at number six in my first week, but I've been dropped down to number seven. Hey, you just, you take this on the chin. You, you can't argue with that. If the captain says you're at seven, then you're at bloody seven. Just get out there, get ready, and uh, bat to your best of your abilities. That's my motto from now on. Uh, so we got sent into bat uh, and I went out there and I've got a new attitude now when I go out to bat. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood. Uh, I'm, I'm there to have fun. The uh, sort of nervousness and the, um, the tension that I felt in my first couple of seasons has kind of washed away. I don't need to go out there and pretend I'm an awesome batter or that I'm a proper cricketer. I can just go out there and joke around uh, and be myself. Um, so I'm feeling a lot more relaxed out there now. Uh, I don't know how it's affecting my batting partners because I tend to give them some pretty esoteric uh, banter when I'm out there. Like, um, I'll head out there and I'll be like, oh, hey, let's have some fun out here. You know, let's be the best uh, let's be the best people we can be. Let's make some memories. 
um, stick around for a couple of couple of overs, and uh, we'll see what uh, see what the universe has in store. You know, some really useful useful cricket banter. Um, and I went out there. Uh, we were about, I think we must have been five for about fifty, about five for fifty, when I strode to the strode to the crease. Uh, I got off the mark once again with a edge through slips. It actually went over slips, but uh, it is my standard way to get off the mark with an edgy shot somewhere through or over the slips board and got myself a cheeky two runs and was off the mark. Then I started hitting the ball pretty well. I slammed uh, a boundary straight down the ground uh, so ferociously that the the non-striking batsman, my batting partner, had to duck out of the way lest his head come clean off. Uh, It was a satisfying shot and it sounded very nice off the bat. I then followed up um, after a couple more singles with another like smoking boundary, uh, a cover drive, uh, slightly lofted, and it raced away to the boundary, and I was very satisfied with that shot, very satisfied indeed. I got myself to 13, 13 runs, uh, and, and sadly for me, because um, I was hitting the ball pretty well, I ran out of batting partners. I was left stranded at the non-striking end, with no one left to bat with. So I was 13 not out at the end of our batting innings and we had only got to 87 runs, which um, is not necessarily enough in this day and age, but um, it's better than 50. That's just maths. So we went out to bowl uh, and we started pretty strong. Three for nine, we had them four. That's a, that's a satisfying start. We felt like we were back in the game. Uh, and then one of our bowlers, Jack Murphy, is a... Uh, He's a young buck. He's probably in year 12, uh, steaming in. And he seemed to be really working on his um, angry bowling or um, not necessarily angry, but sort of um, intimidating, an intimidating fast bowling uh, style. So he was sort of glaring at the batsman, coming in, chirping away. Uh, he seemed to be making a concerted effort to really get in the head of the batsman as if he was just working on that side of his game. He'd made a decision, today I'm going to work on my intimidation. Uh, so he's having a very good battle with a batsman uh, and then that batsman decided to try to try to strike back and uh, had a wild swing and that ball ballooned in the air straight towards me uh, now any listeners will know I've had fairly patchy luck in the field I tend to choke in the pressure moments I tend to seize up uh, my mantra as the ball is coming towards me is normally oh, you're going to fuck this up. This is going to go real, real bad. Uh, The chances of you catching this ball are slim to none. Uh, Imagine how stupid you're going to feel when you drop this ball. That's sort of what's going through my head as the ball is flying through the air. Uh, And I tend to make all of those mantras come true by normally dropping the ball. Uh, So that ball has looped through the air, come towards me. It's just kind of slightly over my head in the... Over my right shoulder, I just have to make a gentle leap. I get both hands to it. It hits firmly in my hands, dear listeners. And this is where heroes are made, or they would be, except I dropped it. It bounced straight out onto the ground, and I was left with egg on my face. I'd let my bowler down. Uh, I'd let the batter off the hook, and once more I had reinforced the fact that I am shite in the field. Uh, Very embarrassing. But uh, look, I kept my head up. Oh, look, I've been through this before. This isn't my first time dropping a catch. So I just got straight back onto the fielding. You know, I didn't uh, let it get me down. Kept chirping away. 
And, um, and we kept chipping away at them. We got them to about 5 for 47 come the drinks break. So we were still in the match. We'd taken five wickets, but they'd scored 47 runs. They needed to get to 88 if they were going to win this game, and we needed five more wickets. The game was evenly poised uh, at the drinks break. And so we came out of the drinks break. And uh, one of my favourite teammates, um, Finn Boyle, he's a plucky, I'm going to say 12-year-old. He's in grade six. Uh, we've got a very big age spread on our on our cricket team. Some of the young up-and-coming juniors like to get a slot in the D-grade team that I play on. And he's, um, I'm going to say, one of the youngest. He's uh, in grade six and he bowls some pretty nice leg spin bowling. And uh, he got put on after the drinks break. And we had um, we had uh, the batter that I, we, we most wanted to get out was on strike. And Finn Boyle comes in. Everyone's favourite bowler comes in bowls and the batter we really wanted to get out has a swing and that ball pops straight up in the air there's one fielder underneath it listeners and that fielder is me uh, I've got all the time in the world this is a flashback to my first ever chance to catch a ball in cricket when I first started playing cricket the first season I was almost standing in the same position and the ball went up in the air for about the same amount of time and uh, I mean spoilers if you haven't heard that uh, old cricket update. I dropped that ball like uh, like no one's business. I was never going to catch it. Um, that was that was then. But this is now. But it's a it's a replay of my first ever drop catch. The ball's up in the air. We need this wicket more than anything. I've already put one on the ground. Uh, I think the ball was in the air long enough for me to even say out loud, "Ah oh, fuck!" Out loud, which is never a good sign when the fielder is cursing. Uh, the universe for putting him in this position. Um, so as that ball's coming down towards me, I'm thinking, what would Carl do? He'd go into flow state. He would have already caught it by now uh, or he would catch it next week. I don't know. He would sort this out. Uh, he's, he's a very good catcher of things. He would, he would have no trouble. He would just believe that he was going to catch it and he'd catch it, not me. Uh, as that ball comes down, I know everything rests on this and it lands firmly in my hands, dear listeners, and bounces out up into my fingertips where I try to hold on to it with everything I've got. And I succeed, listeners, I succeed. I take that catch. I take that catch. It bobbles around, but it does not leave my hands. It does not hit that ground. That batsman is out. I have taken the catch to right all the wrongs that have occurred to me that batsman is dismissed and that starts that starts the downfall of this team and we get them all out for 82 runs it's a close game but we 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 get into the sheds winners by six runs and um i won't lie uh, i was so excited about catching that uh, ball one of the simplest catches uh i will i will clarify it was one of the simplest catches anyone could ever have taken i made it seem like it was possibly the hardest thing anyone's ever done uh, but i managed to catch it and uh I hugged large amounts of my teammates. They didn't know why I was hugging them, but they, uh, they were kind enough to return those hugs as if I'd done something amazing. Um, and, uh, and I thank them for it. Uh, that's my cricket update. Uh, I feel like I've turned a corner in my catching, uh, but I also know I will drop many catches in the future, but they can never take that catch away from me. They can never take that catch away. And that's been my cricket update here at the MCG. Uh, and while I've been doing that, I've missed a lot of cricket. I don't know what's going on. Hopefully, 
I didn't miss anything too exciting. Uh, I can always watch replays, whatever. Uh, I'll be back later in the day for some more podcasting hijinks. Bye-bye now. Merry Christmas, listeners. This is Carl. First report of the day for me. Uh, I don't know what time it is. I've had a couple of beers. It's beautiful weather here at the MCG. Hope you had a lovely Christmas or Hanukkah. That's about the extent of my religious holiday knowledge. Uh, Funny thing happened. (laughs) Hey guys, funny thing happened on the way to the MCG today. Um, I was on the train and there's this guy standing up. A little bit of a bumpy patch on the train. And he's holding on to one of the overhead um, straps. And he's been pulling down on it quite hard because we hit a bump. And his hand slips off and he punched himself in the face. Like, fools punched himself in the face. And went through that whole thing of, like, in pain, trying to cover it up. Hey, I'm, I'm cool, everyone, looking around. And I don't think anyone except for me saw him. I don't know. No one else. I'm looking around to see if there's anyone else that saw him so we could make eye contact and have a cheeky giggle. Uh, but... Uh, no, mate, I'm con- I like contact with me. So um, I think it was just me, just a little show for one, private dancer style, Tina Turner. Anyway, hope your Christmas was great. Mine was not, I don't think I've ever said this word about myself. I was shattered about 8.30 last night. We had two really big, long days. Um, Christmas Day started about 10 to 6. That uh, was when Alexander's excitement could... Um, couldn't be reined in any further and we sort of got up but we did make him wait till 7.30 to open any presents and I had a shower we did breakfast and all that sort of stuff and then we did the presents and I gotta say I fucking nailed Christmas for Alexander because about 10 days before um, Christmas it was one of his friend's birthdays and Beyblades are if you're a nine-year-old kid Beyblades are the biggest thing in the world at the moment they're sold out everywhere so I went to Southland about 10 days before Christmas with Alexander to buy his friend a Beyblade and we went to every freaking toy shop, Maya, Target, Big W, all of them finding Beyblades and we eventually got some but the best thing was I was just trailing him and seeing what he was being uh, excited by like he'd go oh look at that that's awesome and there's things I know he likes but there are also things that I didn't know that he's sort of I'm just locking them away in my memory palace and um then I went back a few days later and just went and bought all the things that he was excited by. So he, every present he's open, he's like, what? What? That's a... Oh! Like, just super stoked. Uh, and he had the best Christmas of all time. Made it like a bandit. Going to Geelong. We went to Geelong uh, for Christmas lunch at my... Uh, at my wife's. At Miriam's... Um, uh, auntie's house in Geelong who's a brilliant cook brilliant amazing food and I don't know what it was but we got on to Kingsway if anyone knows that in Melbourne and it's like bumper to bumper traffic and I'm like what's going on it must be an accident or something no accident and it is like that three quarters of the way to Geelong like we it takes about an hour 15 minutes uh, it took us two hours and 15 minutes an extra hour uh, where we cruised along the freeway, the Geelong freeway, at a mighty 20 to 40 k's. That was our average, somewhere between 20 and 40 k's for three quarters of the journey. And it was just killing me, like the worst. Anyway, we got there, had a great Christmas. It was fun, good food and all that sort of stuff. And then we're coming back and it's much freer, flowing, traffic's, you know, I'm doing 100 and I don't know what the fuck it was. 
I saw the worst driving I've ever seen in my life by like all the drivers. I don't know what happened. People were just fucking driving like idiots. There was a car that cut in front of our car and I swear they were like two centimeters away from just clipping us at 100k an hour where everyone dies. They, they, we're in the middle lane. They went from the right-hand lane to the left-hand lane in like two seconds. And then about five seconds later, they did the exact opposite and went just cutting across traffic into the other lane. And I don't know, maybe someone's having a baby or something. But that was just the standard of driving from pretty much most of the drivers. People were weaving like... It was like a video game. Like, it's like, oh, I'm just going... It's okay. I can take this corner by crashing into the side of this car and that'll help me around the corner. Like, I can't believe no one died. It was the most insane driving I've ever seen. Now, people were hanging in the right-hand lane that shouldn't have been because it's like, keep left unless overtaking. There's signs everywhere saying that. So there were people there not going 100. But the other thing was cars would speed up, go flying past us in the middle lane, doing, I would estimate, 130 k's, and then screech of tyres. No shit. Screech of tyres. And then they would tailgate these cars that weren't... So something exciting happened. There was a four. People were cheering. I'm at the cricket. The only game of cricket I watch in the whole calendar year is when I come here and watch the cricket. I don't know any of the Australian players anymore except for the ones that got banned for a while. It's very exciting. The MCG is fucking amazing. If you've never been here, if you've not been to Melbourne, you've got to come see something here. It's one of the greatest sporting grounds in the world. And the temperature today is amazing. Oh, I think there's a hundred partnership. Good on you, boys. I don't know if you guys can hear that. I'm, I'm leaving pause for applause. And it's over. Um, yeah, it's an amazing ground. It's brilliant. And the weather has been the best it's been in like three years. The last two years have been stinking hot. Last year was like a sauna. And then the year before that, it rained and there was like five minutes to play for the whole day. Anyway, um, driving back, crazy cars, weaving, speeding, tailgating, all the things. If you wrote a list of what is fucked up driving look like, I saw it. Um, and I just, just get kind of a little bit scared and just start going slower. Like I just, I like a buffer between me and the car in front of me because when you go on 100 k's an hour, that buffer is only like one or two seconds even if you're like 100 metres behind and just let all the idiots do their thing and just try and stay as far away as possible. It was insane. I preferred going 20 k's on the way there. Like it was absolutely nuts. Anyway, the next day, yesterday, Boxing Day, went to my parents. Um, it was good but tough. Um, my sister and her boyfriend, who's American, moved over to San Diego to take care of his parents because they're in a bad way. Um, my sister was telling me about food in America, and it sounds like the worst place on earth. All the supermarkets, uh, everything's at eye height, all the fucked up shit food, more so than in Australia, I think. And people just go and buy a packet stuff and heat it in the microwave and eat it. Everyone, without exception, that's not a generalization. Everyone. Uh, so we went to my parents and there wasn't a kind of buffer because <laughs> normally my sister and my um, brother-in-law you know, very talky and we kind of take shifts with my stepdad who just has no short-term memory anymore and he is the loveliest, sweetest guy in the world but I had the same conversation with him probably 20 times and it would range from two minutes to maybe 10 minutes and it's about the same thing every time I see him and every time we're alone he's like how's work going you know have you got yourselves protected have you got yourselves covered like you know do you make sure you get your payment and stuff because in the recession in the 90s 
he got completely screwed over and went from a millionaire to someone who had absolutely nothing no money that be super he didn't he scaled his massive company down to just a little company and didn't do it in the right way so he couldn't declare bankruptcy and they just came after him and took everything uh, all the super the house everything and so that's obviously like the um, like he doesn't remember stuff but he remembers that and so whenever I'm alone with him that's the conversation and it was hard and I just pick it up like he's never asked it to me before because I don't want to embarrass him or anything but it's like I had I, that was just hours of that conversation and it's obviously a really sore point for him and a hard point for him and he's a lovely man and stuff but it's just a big grinds on you um <laughs> Merry Christmas uh so but again we had a lovely day lots of chats we got to FaceTime my sister in America and stuff and just hang, nice hanging out not only my family that much compared to Miriam's mum who lives five minutes away from us and so that was all good it's always melancholy. I find Christmas really weird, strange. Kind of happy but sad about things. I don't know why. I do know why. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you know why. <laughs> Enough. Um, oh, look, it's the Richie Benno uh, bra section. So everyone dresses up as Richie Benno. If you don't know who, he was a very famous um, commentator. We might get some Richie Benno on this podcast, ideally, hopefully. Uh, so you get a whole bunch of people who dress up as Richie Benno. He was famous for his, like beige jacket and his silver hair and there's a brass section who come with them who, who play um, brass songs brass songs they play songs with trumpets basically and it's fucking great I love it uh, so that was kind of my Christmas but by the time we got home um, last night it had been two really long days lots of driving stuck in traffic almost dying in traffic um, lots and lots of food and the best thing about Christmas night was getting home and Boxing Day night was getting home you know getting into comfy clothes out of our good clothes and just sitting down and watching like a family show on Netflix we've got a we're watching Raising Dion which is like a superhero thing based on a graphic novel and it's fucking great so we sit down we watch one episode we just chill out and then we go to bed and collapse and all fall asleep really quickly that's kind of my Christmas um there's probably else I should talk about because Rick and Jason seem to be up here for a long time and I feel like they spoke a lot. I don't have that much to say, guys. Um, I'm just going to leave it there. I'll come back and uh, talk some more. We met some friends here at the cricket. They came and found us. They brought some kids and some parents and I'm not sure how I feel about that. I feel like Rick Jason and I have this little kind of thing where it's all talky in the morning and we have some beers and stuff and then we settle into the day and more space between the conversation just enjoy the game and half the time you're not even watching the game you're just chilling out it's just such a I was hanging for today and really strangely out of the blue I had anxiety this morning about the cricket I don't know why and I think it was just a heavy two days where it was just like I just want to get there I just want to get to the cricket and I just want to chill the fuck out and just not do anything and not have to you know be on for my family and stuff and just you know just have shit chats with my friends and um, yeah it's one of my hearts when you come here and if you can see it today in my cloud in the sky though there is smoke haze maybe there's lots of clouds and I can't see because Australia is burning at the moment if you're overseas it's the whole country is on fire uh, it's yeah climate change so I think I'm gonna pull the plug on this section and uh, join you later love yous cheers
Adios. Vamos. I think that means quickly. That doesn't mean goodbye. Um, uh, exit. Exulta. Jason can edit this. Hello, listeners. Jason here. It's uh, 2.28. Australia have just made their 400 uh, in the innings. And uh, Rick and Carl have just completed their first records. Uh, I'm up to my second now. Uh, I've had four or five beers. I lost count. I think I'd probably err towards five. Uh, and uh, and so let the waffle begin. Uh, you can hear the MCGS woken up. I've got the little slight tingle of never been in direct sunlight sunburn happening, even though I've applied and applied and reapplied uh, sunscreen today. So I'm mindful of that. What are you mindful of right now? Um, uh, hopefully, uh, how about this? Uh, but you may be doing another task while you listen to how about this. Um, driving, if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road uh, and, and look out for yourself. The police are coming out the back here. I hope they're not coming directly to me because uh, I'll freak out a little bit. Uh, they look like they might be coming directly towards me, which is interesting. Um, we are making an effort to not look panicked where the police are and where the police are looking but I think they just walked to the top of the stairs they had a good look at me they had a good look at me and thought I I am no threat absolutely no threat um, a guy I put a microphone doing a little bit of recording uh, but ooh, did they not check me out uh, they're going back down again now. Oof. That, that was uh, that was a thing. I think they thought I had a weapon or a gun because I am holding a silver pistol-shaped microphone. Uh, but then they, they got up to me and they went, look, that, that man is doing no harm. But uh, that was as close a call with the law as I've had in a long time. Uh, my heart skipped a beat. Um, wow. I think I, I think I need a lie down. I wish there was something uh, comfortable around here. Hoot, hoot, hoot. Hello. Hello, it's me, the ghost of Richie Beno. Uh, how are you, Jason? I'm good, Richie. I, I just want a bit of a lie down. I'm, you know, I'm a bit sick of podcasting for the moment. Oh, well, why don't you have a lie down here? Here, I'll uh, ghost you up a pillow. Ghosty ghost, ghost. There's a uh, noise ghost pillow. And uh, I'll take it from here. Um, oh, gee, thanks, Richie. Do you want a lullaby? What, what's that, Richie? I said, would you like a lullaby? I can sing you uh, the uh, my favourite song. Uh, it's called Two Two Two. Oh yeah, Richie, sing me your favourite lullaby called Two Two Two. Okay, Two Two Two, Two Two Two, Two 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 Two, Two Two Two, Two Two Two, Two Two Two. Okay, he's asleep there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so uh, let me just call the cricket for a while. Why not? It's where I'm home. So there comes in. Tim Payne dances down the wicket there. I want him to look directly into his eyes. Two men stare at each other in a homoerotic gaze and then split and walk their separate ways. 
the tension in the middle of that pitch is palpable. Tim Payne faces up again. Wagner, semi-hard now. These men drawn apart now, running towards each other. Wagner coming into bowl. Let's his nut goes, and it hits him on the hip. Oh, another longing stare there. I wonder what's being unsaid in the middle. And I wonder when it will be said. Okay, uh, thanks, thanks, Richie. Um, Richie started taking off his clothes, uh, so um, I had to. I, I put up a, a, a six sign in front of his genitals, uh, and he vaporised. He's gone. He's into nothing. Um, look, I, I can't sleep at the cricket as much as I want to. That's another thing I've been doing a lot lately. I, I haven't really discussed this in the podcast. Is I have been uh, like sleeping. Like just falling asleep, like like a dad, and I guess I am. Yeah, in my mid forties, but like I sit down to watch a movie or do a thing, read a book, do something, and I just fall asleep. Like within two minutes, I'll go from wide awake to completely asleep. Uh, I don't know. Oh, something's happened. There's a review happening on the field. There's not. <laughs> they just made an announcement about the review system and how both teams have moved. There you go. Nothing happening on the field. What was I talking about? Oh, yes, falling asleep, like, instantly. And it's freaking me out. I don't know what to do. I'm going to fall asleep in a car one day or fall asleep somewhere. It's just the turnaround time is insane. From the time I think I'm sleepy to the time I find myself waking up, it's, it's getting shorter and shorter by the day. It's insane. Anyway, if you've got any advice, let me know. Write me. You know where to get it, get on to me. I'll ask Carl. He's probably got some medical opinions as well. I don't know how long have I been talking now. Also, only five, six minutes. <laughs> this is a hard gig. It's a hard gig today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bail out here. One. Uh, thank you, listeners. I'll get back to you uh, soon. Thank you, Ghost Richie. The naked ghost of Richie is uh, around the stadium. Yeah. Uh, and over to you, next person. Bye. All right, here we are. It's Rick back for uh, my second session. It's getting pretty late in the day. Look, it's, it's 20 past four. Australia have just completed their first innings all out for 467. And uh, we've got about 20 overs left, I'd say, for the Australians to bowl to the New Zealanders. So, look, everything is poised now to round off what has been a very enjoyable day of cricket. We've seen some high-class cricket action. Uh, the MCG pitch seems to have come through with the goods for once. First time in, I'd say, seven years. There, I've said it, seven years. Um, finally, a bit of spicy action off the MCG pitch. And... Um, fun to be had by all who attended. Uh, now we've got just a little brief turnaround as all the um, people who are doing the fieldings go and um, get their batting mindset locked in and then all the people who are batting need to go and think, what's it like to be a fielder? What do I need to think about? How do I need to do it? How can I be more like Rick and catch those catches? Um, so those fielders are going to come out, uh, the Australian 
midfielders should come out hook a hoop. They, uh, they've got this match right where they want it. And um, I can only imagine everything's going to be going splendidly. The umpires now are marching out with that air of confidence and um, infallibility that only umpires can manage with their smart black slacks and their um, lovely pressed white shirts that just says, I'm here to make decisions, but I also care about my appearance. Uh, I want to look good, because um, if I look good, I can make good decisions. That's the umpire's creed. And uh, they are, well, they started marching out with confidence, but now they've stopped um, very awkwardly to have a brief chat. Uh, they sort of took a few steps backwards. All the confidence that I projected on them very soon evaporated, uh, and my whole opinion of them has changed to the point where I now find them laughable. The most laughable umpires that ever strode onto the MCG. Spider Cam now swooping towards them just to get a shot of these absolute jokers. Uh, I would say now they're sauntering out, uh, hoping that no one notices how awkward their their initial walk onto the pitch was. Uh, there's still a steamroller on the middle of the MCG, just going over the going over the flat pitch, just making sure it's flat. Saying, hey, don't get too bumpy, you. I'm a steamroller. Learn your place. Uh, but all in all, look, I've got to say, I rate this day very highly as far as MCG, uh, days at the MCG. I mean, I love it every time. I'm not going to lie to you. I could, uh, as I probably said last year, I could sit here and watch uh, probably cardboard cutouts of cricketers. Just uh, put someone could erect them in the field before I get here, and I would just sit here and watch them in the field, doing nothing, going nowhere, with nothing happening. I go, you know what? That was a solid day's cricket. Very patient, very, um, very thoughtful day's cricket. Very strategic, well played all. Uh, no one was willing to give their wicket away, uh, and no one was even willing to bowl a ball. In fact, nothing happened, and I admire that in Test cricket. So look, if that's the bar I've got. You can only imagine how exciting it is when lots of things happen. To me, it's like almost stimulus overload. Uh, now all the cricketers are coming out on the pitch, wearing their very lovely white uniforms, looking all the world like a gang of people who will only wear white. That's the one rule of the gang. Uh, and so if you've got some white clothes, you can join the gang. They've probably got some secret rules that I don't know about. And I'd turn up in my white clothes. I'd say, I'm here to join. And they'd say, ah, but do you have six toes on your right foot? I'd say, no. They'd say, well, you can't join the gang. I'd say, well, you need to make that clear in your club charter to avoid all these awkward situations. And now the steamroller is backing off the MCG, followed closely by the little camera remote control car that is a new feature of the MCG these days. It, uh, it looks high tech. It's part of me that just is always drawn to remote control things. I can't resist them. There's a real charm to remote control cars. I feel like it's something I could waste a lot of money on if I was that way inclined. Uh, they're never as enjoyable as you imagine they're going to be. They're just a great concept. You think, how much fun would it be to control this car with a remote control? I'd feel pretty powerful. I'd get that car to do some pretty sweet things. But most of the time, you play with the car for about five minutes, you're like, I've pretty much exhausted all of the fun and exciting things that this car can do. Uh, I'm out, I'm out. I wish I'd never bought it. I spent one and a half thousand dollars on this state-of-the-art remote control car, and it gave me five minutes worth of entertainment. 
and I regret my purchasing decisions. Oh, now we're about to have the first ball. I will talk you through the first ball of this Australian bowling innings. They are defending, as I hopefully mentioned earlier, 400 and something, 87. And here comes Mitchell Stark, bowls the first ball, and it is defended to the onside. And they scamper through for a single. The fielder throws at the stumps, but is unable to affect a run out. That is an action-packed first ball that has resulted in no wickets and one run. And the crowd are on the edge of their seats now because that sense of anticipation. We've, we've seen Australia back. We've seen them put on a decent batting effort. And now we get to see them in the field. We get the two sides of the coin here today. That's what's normally so reliable about good old day two. Gives you a little bit of everything. Uh, sucked in all you suckers who come to day one thinking it's the marquee day. It's generally just the platform day one that sets up the exciting buffet that is day two. And Mitchell Stark is now rubbing the ball furiously upon his groinal area in the hopes that it will make the ball legally better. I can only assume his pants are not made of sandpaper. They've learnt their lesson. And he comes in and delivers a very swift ball that is prodded to the offside for no run. So this uh, is starting out like some traditional test match cricket here. A little bit of action followed by a little bit of pondering. Uh, and um, I'm going to have to bring this little session to a close because I'd like to go and enjoy the cricket to its fullest. Uh, and I'm sure... Though I find my voice very entertaining and my ramblings to me would be the most whimsical and enjoyable of all ramblings. I'm sure you listeners are out there going, you know what, it's probably time you cut it short, my friend. We've heard all you've got to say. Uh, there's a stifled appeal there off Mitchell Stark's third ball of what must have been for LBW, but the bowler was not interested. And so all of those who appealed heartily behind the stumps are left with egg on their faces. Uh, and acting like, oh, we, we didn't really know. We didn't have all the information. We, uh, we were suspected it might be out, but now that we can see how everyone feels about it, we, uh, we feel foolish for ever having dared dream. Uh, so I hope you enjoy uh, whatever remains of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed whatever came before it. Uh, and I hope that your year, 2019, has been... Well, New Zealand are off the mark with a nice little turn off the legs, off the hips, out onto the onside for a cheeky two runs. Uh, and I don't know how much of the crowd noise you picked up in the microphone, but you should be aware that there are a very healthy contingent of New Zealand supporters here because who doesn't like New Zealand? It's a heck of a country and they've got a heck of a sporting team in all sports. And as anyone from New Zealand will tell you, they punch far above their weight, considering their per capita situation. Uh, they are pretty impressive. Uh, that's the end for me. I... Oh, the New Zealand are playing the ones now. I feel like uh, I'm probably bringing them, bringing New Zealand good luck by continuing to talk. So I better stop for the sake of um, for the sake of Australia's. Run defense. Peace out.
G'day, this is it's uh, your boy KMC back on the mic. Uh, oh, that was a good ball. I'm sure Rick just told you that New Zealand's uh, bowling now. Australia's gone into bat. It's been a good day. We saw a century, saw wickets fall, saw a uh, changeover of innings between the two teams. It's been great. Really good. Fun day. Uh, I wasn't sure about the friends that joined us, their kids and their dads and etc. But it's, uh, it's been real smooth. Real smooth. Now I have a memory of the last podcast where we talked about the reviews we were going to do of the uh, Michael Bay film. And then I think we then reviewed the film ourselves through text messages to each other. But I don't think we ever actually did it on the podcast. So I'm going to use this to give my review of the Michael Bay film that's on Netflix, specifically made for Netflix, uh, called Six Underground. Uh, it is... I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. Overall, I give it a thumbs up. The problem with the film is the opening sequence, which is set in Florence, is one of the greatest action opening sequences that I think I've seen in the film. It's fucking amazing. And it's got new stuff in it. I know that when Michael Bay visited the podcast, he was talking about the... Um, the bodies flying out of cars when they crash and you know like bodies would fly from things and I've never seen that in a movie before so I'm like total big huge thumbs up for anything new like that because it's you know it's a genre that's been around for quite a while so when they can um, put something new into it it's like very exciting and it's very visceral this opening sequence in Florence it's like a car chase through Florence and it's everything's good about it like it's whatever I'll get to that in a minute not everything is good about it but it's like thrilling exciting and very kinetic and it's it's very tightly done I find a lot of Michael Bay stuff very it's like I'm just going to film it with a thousand cameras and then we'll just edit it together so you lose a lot of that excitement but this is just nailed to perfection and I feel like I could have switched it off at the end there and just been happy because it's just so well done and the problem with that is that the rest of the film doesn't stack up to the opening sequence. And it's a long sequence as well. I feel like it's 20 minutes. It might only be 10, but it felt like 20 minutes in a good way. So I absolutely love the opening. And then there's two other sequences, I'd say, in it. Two big sequences. But I feel like Michael Bay is like, I've got this idea for this car chase through Florence. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to spoil the shit out of it. They drive through the fucking Uffizi gallery. I've been there. They drove through it. It was ridiculous. You know, the Statue of David and all these things, all these famous things and stuff. And it's just so well done. And it kind of just goes downhill from there. There's two other great action sequences, but they're not as good as the first. So about halfway through, there's this penthouse sequence with the infinity pool that's on the side of a super tall building. And that's pretty cool. It's got some good stuff in it. And then there's a sequence at the end, which is on a boat. And it's got some interesting things with magnets and stuff. And that's pretty cool. But not as... Well, I'm getting a really weird zappy sound. I'm hoping that I'm the only person hearing that. It's still going. Sounds like a kind of weird um, Kanye intro beat zappy static thing. Seems still gone now. Uh, anyway, where was I? Movie. Yeah, so you've got these two sequences. And they're just... They're not... They're just not as good. And I, and I feel like... Guns in movies make action lazy. 
So in the second sequence, there's some really interesting stuff. But it's also these two people going into a penthouse and just trying to shoot everyone. And the thing is, when you've got a gun in a movie, it's like, I'm here, you're 10 metres away, I shoot you, you die. And it's, it, you don't have to really coordinate that. You don't have to, it's not like a you know, Hong Kong action movie, kung fu kind of Chinese sort of thing, where you're seeing the people actually doing the fighting and stuff. They're actually fighting. And I think we've been spoiled a little bit, like things like um, John Wick, which completely... Remember when I saw it, it blew my mind because it's like super choreographed. It's like close-up fighting, but with a gun. It's like ballet with, with pistols and stuff. It's fucking amazing. So this stuff kind of pales. I think being a bit spoiled and this stuff sort of pales. And, you know, I think you get these things every now and then that pop up like The Matrix, which did interesting things in the first movie with the way weapons worked and you could bend time and space, etc. And, you know, you've got the John Wick stuff and the fighting in this... The first sequence was so good that all the other sequences were a little bit Michael Bay filming everything from every conceivable angle and just chopping it together. It's kind of... It just feels lazy. There's no movement. There's no none of the kinetic sort of energy of the first sequence in it. I think that's in a lot of his movies. It's just like, just every shot's going to be a moving shot. Oh, look, here's a shot of a helicopter. But it's not telling story. It's not forwarding anything. I don't know. I just find it... I found it like a little bit naff. There's some backstory, exposition, and yeah, I don't know. And just, Michael Bay's just a fuckstick. Like, I remember, um, uh, what's her name? The woman from Transformers. Is it Fox? I'll, I'll remember her name or I won't. But um, she had a falling out with him. And then she came out and just told basically his direction, which is like, bend over, you know, in your tiny little shorts. Stick your ass out. You know, stick your ass out the camera, and just you know, using it like a bendy figure, just so you can shoot a upskirt, you know, up crack, up tiny shorts, and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, come on, Michael Bay. And there's shit like that. Like there's some sequence where there's like hookers, because the bad guy has hookers. Because you know, why not? Because he's a bad guy, and the, the hookers are clearly supermodels. And there's one shot where it's like the cameraman is lying on the ground filming up this lady's G-string, you know, right into her bits. And then it sort of pans up lasciviously up her body and stuff. And it's got nothing to do with anything. It's not setting any scene. We know there are hookers there. I don't know what it was. And it's just annoying, really. And there's stuff in the first sequence, the awesome sequence. Now, they're all in the car in this sequence, the underground six or whatever they're called. And in the back, there's these two women, and they're like kick-ass women. One's a doctor, and one is like a spook, like a um, CIA spook. And she's been shot, and the doctor's operating her on her in the back of the car in this high-speed car chase through Florence and it's like that's fucking crazy she's trying to pull a bullet out of her now the woman who's got the bullet and blood's coming out of her and stuff at certain points she's winding windows down and shooting people off motorbikes because she's just so kick ass and stuff and that's fucking awesome and then the dudes in the front are saying stuff like oh she squirted you know because there's blood coming out of her Ugh, and then blood hits one in the face and it's like you know they're making references about you know oh, I spiffed on her face and you know and it's like what the fuck like see these fucking awesome women in the back of this car doing awesome things and just being belittled by guys. And it's like, yeah, fuck that. It's good. Something's happening. Someone hit a four. We're in that Great Southern Stand and we are in the New Zealand section, I think, because every time New Zealand does something, everyone around us is going nuts. Anywho, 
Sorry, people are just taking my seat. I think they're stealing my seat. Anyway, I'll have to deal with that later. So yeah, anyway, uh, he's a fuckwit with all that sort of stuff. And I'm just... I don't know, I love Ryan Reynolds and I think... Uh, what's it called? God, I can't remember anything. Deadpool. I think Deadpool is fucking great. Very uh, amazing, stupid, hilarious. And the perfect vehicle for Ryan Reynolds. Kind of shitty, childish, you know crappy jokes and things like that, very sarcastic, and I love that, but I wonder if he is the new Jack Black and everyone's going to be realistic of him, because he, I think there was a TV show back in the day that he started out on called, I think it's Two Guys, A Girl and a Pizza Place, maybe, and he's on that, and he's exactly the same guy in that that he is in this, like he is exactly the same person. And it's okay if you're Bruce Willis, because you're pretty neutral when you're Bruce Willis, when you're Brad Pitt. Yeah. You know, you got your little affectations and stuff, but you're pretty neutral. One of those people that's always themselves. But when you're Jack Black and it's so big and over the top, and when you're Ryan Reynolds and it's so kind of like, you know, sarcastic, bullshit, cracky, funny jokes and stuff, it just grinds after a while. And I just wonder if he's going to be a bit oversaturated and it's going to, people are just going to turn on him. After all this time, he's been struggling to just try and make it for such a long time and it just finally hits it with Deadpool and I think everyone's just going to go nah we're fucking over you and your stupid jokes and stuff and your belittling and all that sort of business which would be a pity because he sounds like a cool guy so overall I think Michael Bay should stop making films um, maybe just make 15 minute sequences and it might be even better if he just doesn't have a woman in his film because they're not fucking Barbie dolls that you just bend over and film up their ass basically it's just they keep pulling me out of the action and stuff I'm hearing some plosives I might have put the mic too close to my face but there's a lot of noise here at the moment because I'm in the news section so anyway if you want to see that movie watch the first thing and if you love it maybe stick around for it um, but if you don't just switch it off go watch something else I think that's it dudes and dudettes and uh, I don't know if we're going to do a third one. Rick and I recorded really late. It's 20 to 5. This finishes at about 6 o'clock, I think. We might squeeze another one in. Um, the beer's turned to water, basically. It's just amber-coloured water now to stop people just getting crazy. They put all these restrictions in, so you can only buy two beers at a time now. So I think we're probably done, and we're just going to chill out, watch some cricket. We might do another record. might be short. I don't know. Anyway, I hope you have a lovely day. Hope I'm not talking too close to the mic and you're all screaming. Just gonna try and mix this down and stuff. And uh, I think I'm done. I'll see you later. Love yous, boy. Hello there, listeners. This is Jason for number three. Um, here, I haven't even moved away from everyone this time. Last time I, uh, I got in trouble with the police, uh, I got uh, spied on and spoken to, and uh, I thought I was at, outside broadcasting, uh, and uh, I wasn't, so I'm, I'm not trying to be conspicuous at all, I just have a big silver microphone up to my mouth, which I had headphones on, uh, and I'm just sitting in the seat I've been sitting in this whole time, I'm, uh, trying to whisper a little, a little lower, um, so as not to draw attention to myself. Um, oh, look, I'm tired. I have to be honest. I'm full of fried things that I, I probably shouldn't eat and didn't even recognise. 
they looked like chips. I'm pretty sure they tasted like chips. I couldn't tell. So I put too much vinegar on them, and all I could taste was vinegar. Uh, but that's my fault, not yours. I'm not blaming you. Don't get defensive. Um, Patrick Cummins is bowling at the moment. Uh, New Zealand are in. And it is one for 32. Uh, and, uh, oh, look, it's been a tremendous day. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Uh, you know, what, what is a day without uh, police speaking to you uh, as a public menace, uh, picking you out of a crowd? And they went, hey, you public menace guy, you should have run and just podcasted the rest of this on the go. And then this podcast would have been a crime podcast and uh, something's happening in the stands, lots of people standing up. Then this, this podcast would have been like a live crime podcast, and we all know the crime podcasts just sell like hotcakes. You should have, uh, has anyone ever podcasted a crime live before? That's what I should have done. I didn't. Now, now I'm kicking myself. And to be honest, I'm too tired and full of uh, fried things and beer to um, initiate a crime right now. I mean, I could. I could just strip off my clothes and run. Um, I am on the top tier of the uh, of the stand, though, so I'd have to go naked through the hallways before I got to the field. But I reckon I can make it. Naked, except for a phone, uh, to which we're recording, and a, um, a big silver microphone and some headphones. And um, that's a side everyone would love to see. Um, all right, well, I'm just going to sign out. You know, I can, I can mutter along, but really I've got nothing left to say. Oh, there's an appeal for LEW. Umpire is not interested. They are not going to review as you were. As you were. Um, what are, oh, what are, I've got to start looking for. I've been looking for movies uh, and games and books uh, that have been my favourite, not only of the last year, but of the decade. Uh, and what I've found is that a lot of things have been my favourite things in the last 10 years. And I guess you could say that. Of all the things you liked in the last 10 years, they were, they were probably your favourite things. Uh, but I've got a wide, diverse range of things that are my favourites. Uh, so it's been difficult lists to make this time around for a whole decade. Um, but uh, let me just say, my favourite audience is you. Yes, you're listening right now, individually. Uh, without your support, this podcast couldn't keep going. We couldn't keep going. We'd, we'd fall over dead, all three of us, in various ways. Uh, coming in. That's gone off, and that's gone through the field with a very nice off drive. Two easy runs there. Okay, well, uh, that's it. I'm out. I'm different. Um, kind of each other. And, uh, I'll talk to you all soon. Bye bye. So here, it's Rick again. Final record for the Boxing Day test. Day two. As this day of cricket peters out as does everyone's energy levels and enthusiasm. But I think we can all agree satisfaction has been achieved all around the New Zealanders and are 1 for 35 now. And um, I'm feeling quite reflective. There's not a cloud in the sky. I mean, there's a smoky haze. I mean, Australia is burning. I mean, that's undeniable. Um, We've been hot on the field in cricket and we've been hot as a country on fire. And... Um, sometimes sitting at the MCG is a nice time just to forget about all your woes uh, and enjoy 
the gentle, timeless entertainments of a bunch of people dressed in white cloth, doing things with little balls and bits of wood and enjoying themselves and entertaining us immensely. We've got to that part of the day where the the bars are closed, so don't go searching for beverage-based uh, entertainments. There's no refreshments to be had. It's time for everyone to stay hydrated. Grab that bottle of water, fill it up, get some H2O. Um, and as this day draws to a close, uh, so does this year draw to a close. And indeed, this decade is drawing to a close. There's a lot of closure happening. Uh, I feel like it's a real motif, and I could probably read more into it if I just spend some time pondering. Um, but I don't like to get too deep and or slash meaningful without necessary cause, because I fear the wormhole that I might fall down. There's much nothing to be had. I think people are appreciating my final stint here on the cricket cast. Uh, the crowd stands as one and says, you know what, Rick, you're doing a pretty good job for a guy who most people don't rate. Uh, they, uh, they're happy to see the back here, but on this one day of the year, you're sitting in a stadium with a microphone in your hand, just recording your random thoughts. You're all right, kid. You're all right. Um, and to each and every one of the applauding spectators here at the MCG, I say, gosh, I appreciate that. Uh, it means something. Don't think it doesn't. I'm touched. Um, I also feel like uh, 2020. What have you got in store? You seem like the future. Uh, and at the moment you are. But before long you'll be the present. And that ball's going straight up in the air. Lots of fields running towards it. And... took a leaf out of the old Rick Brown playbook there and just hung on for dear life. Well done you. And so we uh, now have New Zealand at 2 for 39. What a day's cricket. Um, it just adds to the excitement. I can't even pretend that was about me. That was all about cricket. Every single bit of it. Ripped of cricket. With another New Zealand batsman trudging out. Uh, shout out to all the New Zealanders who've made the trek over here to the MCG for this marvellous test match. And then we have been negging New Zealand for about 20 years or so, uh, just saying you're not good enough. Uh, we'd love to invite you, but um, you're no good at cricket. So uh, lift your game and we'll uh, maybe we'll invite you. And they finally, uh, you know, climbed above us in the test rankings and so they've earned themselves an invite. Here they are. I mean, are they making a good account themselves? I mean, time will tell at this stage. Not quite. But 
only on the scoreboard in our hearts. I mean, they are rating super high. They have entertained and um, astounded us with their cricketing prowess and just their their attitudes, really. They've really reshaped what it means to be a cricketer. They've said, you know what, you can be nice. You can be charming. You can be likeable. Check us out, we're New Zealand. And um, we will cricket our way into anyone's heart. And they have. And they will. And I don't begrudge them that. And Australia could certainly take a leaf out of New Zealand's book and just be a bit more charming. Um, I think they're trying. You know, um, they're, they're making big strides in that area, but um, it does feel a little bit like someone pretending to be nice at times with the Australian cricket team. A little bit like they've read a book on, um, or they've watched YouTube videos of New Zealand cricketers being nice and gone, you know, made dot points about what you need to do to be a nice cricketer and have just tried to bluff their way through. And look, I prefer them pretending to be nice cricketers than the way they were before, sure. Um, but hopefully they'll Hopefully they'll end up making it after all this faking it and they'll just end up being nice. I don't hold out much hope. Uh, I've been hurt before by the Australian cricket team and I will no doubt be hurt again. Uh, but I wasn't hurt today. I was entertained. Uh, to, uh, I got my dollars worth, is what I'm trying to say. And um, now I'm going to bring this little session to a close and watch the few remaining overs of this wonderful second day of the 2019 Boxing Day Test. Ciao, suckers. Oh, Jason just handed me the equipment with the recording already. Uh, this is my last one. And we're getting close to the end of the day. What's the time? It's... 25 to 6, we've got 25 minutes worth uh, up stumps and with the uh, old MCG. I got nothing to talk about. Um, what am I going to say? I'm going to give some shout outs. Shout outs to my boys. I feel like a bit of a, what's the phrase? One legged man in an ass kicking contest. Because when we're doing the podcast, there's the three of us and we're bouncing around between each other and pinging and ponging and sipping and zapping and yinging and yanging and all those sorts of things so you know it's a bit weird just talking by yourself I'm glad I'm not doing a solo podcast maybe I'm just not funny and I rely on the other two for all the comedy I don't know but I like the bounce that we normally have I guess it's a nice contrast and just a reminder of I'd be nothing without them kind of thing do you know it's a $9,913 dollar and 20 cent fine if you run onto the MCG. I don't know how they came to that figure. I have no idea. It's a very weird figure. I'm sure scientists have put lots of time and effort and money into coming up with the optimal number. Because maybe $10,000 is a nice flat number and everyone's like, 10, 10K, that's all right. I've got 10 friends here. I can put a K in each and I'll go do a nudie run. And maybe 99999 is just to uh, hackneyed now. Everyone knows that. Anyway, I'm going to... Give another shout out to one Millie Netherall, Team Fire, all day. Uh, big fan of the podcast she does with her father, one Rick Brown, um, yonks ago. Great podcast. My son loves it. He listens to it in the bar for the Wednesday night while I'm preparing dinner, while I wait for my wife to come home from work. And one of my favorite parts of the podcast is the start, where she speaks in Italian. So Rick says, you know, episode 23, and she says, I don't know Italian. Ventedue. Um, 
three, no, I don't know any. Uh, season two, do it. Youngs ago. Anyway, so shout out to her. Uh, she's really got good. If you listen to Millie, doing good work. Keep it up. Loving it. Shout out to uh, one Clementine Scarlet Geary for. Um, I just found out that you got into your course. <laughs> this is awesome for one person listening right now. Uh, and no one else. Uh, real hard course to get into. Super chuffed that you got into that. I'm real happy. Disappointed you didn't text me or give me a call, let me know. Uh, but good on you, that is super fucking awesome. I'm so happy. Who else have I got? Oh, Jocelyn. Yeah. Hey, Joss. Oh, shit. Good. Whatever. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I'm making myself laugh. I've got nothing else guys it's look I hope this has been fun it's a different thing you know what last year I spoke about my uh, morning thing where I get all my veggies and chuck them in a blender and blend them all up and Brown took that to heart and went on with that so here's my one for this year take your shoes off you know look down at your feet imagine you've got x-ray vision and you've got like a hundred thousand bones in your feet. And you know why? Because we're designed to walk on uneven surfaces. So when you get home from work, I'm not saying do it at work, because that's just weird. When you get home, take your shoes and socks off and walk around, particularly now, here in the Southern Hemisphere, in Melbourne, hot weather. Just get around in bare feet. Real good for you. Like, real good. Here's the other thing that I read recently. People in India traditionally have their beds lower to the ground, and as they get older, they have less falls because they've got to get down into their bed. And we've got to get up out of their bed. Whereas in the Western world, it's all about convenience and everything. And our beds are, we just literally kind of sit and roll into our bed. So drop your beds down to the ground. I'm going to like dig a hole and sleep in a hole to do negative version of that, which will shortly see me to 120. So they're my things. Cut the legs off your bed and take your shoes off and your socks. Walk around, feel the earth. It's good for the, all the tendons and stuff, strengthen all those parts of your legs. And also heels are fucking bad shit, baby. <laughs> I'm losing language. <laughs> so yeah, get your shoes off. They're fucked up. And ladies, I don't know. High heels are fucking amazing. They make people's legs look amazing. When I put high heels on in my life, my legs look fucking great. But they're fucking up. So you know what, everyone? Just wear those zero drop shoes, you know? Don't wear your chunky sneakers with your fucking heel that makes you hit your heel when you run. That shit's fucked up. You know, zero, or you know, maybe four meal, max. I'd say three, actually. Let's go three. You should go, you three. Okay, hang on, hang on. 59,676. That is fucking huge for a second-day cricket. Because we're playing New Zealand, and New Zealand's quite close to Australia, and there's a fuckload of New Zealand people here. And I've got to say, they are fucking better than the Aussie Bodens in Bay 13, who have been lackadaisical. I've not seen one single balloon condom. Not a one. Hardly any ejections. Hardly any, you know, telling people to scale their drink or making a woman kiss some guy. Um, whereas the New Zealand guys are doing fucking chants and songs, and I'm going to uh, become an Australian, uh, New Zealand citizen, I think, before I become an Australian one, because they're fucking kicking ass. I'm out. It's me. I'm done. I hope you've enjoyed this. I think Jason will probably come in and put a tail end on this. But if he doesn't, thanks for bearing with us. 
I hope the sound quality is alright. We've got fucking... I've got like 3,000 wires dangling from Jason's phone into a converter, into headphones, into microphones. It's all over the shop. I'm hope, Hopefully this is all pretty good. It's going to put it through a thousand different, you know, equalizers to make it all sound cohesive. Love you all. I'm out. Bye.